0: Why would they drop down that much in price? Either way, exactly. you can't trust.
1: Was there ever a time in your career where you ever like said,
2: "Bond, James Bond"? I make mental notes where I'm going, how to go back to where I came. Yeah, smart. Uh, and that's what saved me.
1: Hello and welcome to Best Case, Worst Case. This is Jim Clementi, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor, and writer producer on CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today in the studio is
0: Hi, everybody. It's Francie Hakes, former state and federal prosecutor. And Jim, we're back in the studio together with a live guest.
1: Yes, we are, and we are pleased to have Z Boyajian. That's Z Boyajian. That's me. That's amazing. And Z. Zee... You've been with us before, yes, and we're very happy to have you back, and we'd like to hear about other adventures or misadventures that you're on as a gemologist.
0: Wait, Jim. What? That's a movie title, Adventures in Gemology. Adventures in Babysitting will have nothing on this. Right.
1: I guess you're right. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know where you get that, but anyway, is that actually a movie?
0: Adventures in Babysitting? That's a classic. How could you not have seen that, Jim? Uh,
1: well, I Everyone, guess I was I'm gonna that have weekend. to. I'm gonna
0: have to put that on Jim's library list. Yeah. Great, Adventures in Babysitting. Elizabeth Shue, come on.
1: Yeah, missed it. Anyway, <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> anyway, so Z, you're back. Yes. Are you going to tell us about another point in your career? Yes. All right. What point
2: in your career are we talking about now? We're talking about uh, I was about. Fifteen years being a gemologist, I decided to take a trip down to Argentina.
1: Okay. So you're a 15-year gemologist working out of your Beverly Hills office yes. at this point? Yes. Um,
2: do you have a lot of gem stores around, or is it just working out of the office now? It's a office only by appointment. Okay. People could come in um and of course wait
1: can
0: i get an appointment is it is this the wrong place to ask for an appointment
2: <laughs> stop Francie. we're <laughs>
0: concentrate
1: okay concentrate all right so you're now in this office you decide let me go to argentina yes is there any particular thing that
2: told you i should go to argentina now yes because part of my business other than gems uh, is antique jewelry Antique jewelry, okay. And, and do they have a lot of antique jewelry in Argentina? They definitely do, because after the Second World War. Are
1: you going to tell me? Is this going to be that a Nazi the Nazis, Nazis no.
2: <laughs> when they left
1: Germany, they bought a lot of antique jewelry there?
2: No, a lot of Italians did.
1: Okay, Mussolini's
2: <gasps> people. Really? Right. They, they fled to right. Argentina. Yes. Really? Some of them went there, and they took a lot of the antique pieces. Really, belonging to the not families. Germans, not Nazis. It's very possible. I know
1: we did a lot of Nazi hunting down in Argentina. Yeah. So anyway, all right, I'll let you go with Italians. All right. Maybe they were Germans. Or Clementi Italians.
0: just doesn't like this. He <laughs> wants it to be the Germans Z. Yes. Just give him the Germans. Tell him there was one German who was famous in Argentina. I know there's at least. And he'll be happy.
1: Just look it up on the internet. How many <laughs> Nazis were caught in Argentina? A lot. Yeah.
0: Wasn't that the subject of the of the Israeli um operation that caught uh was it himmler
1: i'm not sure no adolf eichmann uh, i know argentina was thick with
0: yeah definitely lots of nazis, nazis. fled there for yeah. sure. okay
1: so some italians yes. who i'm sure well-meaning italians <laughs> yes were were you know bought some of their grandmother's jewelry with them makes Correct.
2: sense okay so Correct. tell us about our antique uh jewelry in okay. argentina so i decided to go down there mm-hmm. uh and while. I got there, I started asking around who has pieces and one thing leads to another. You know, it's always someone says, I don't, I have this piece, but let me introduce you to this guy who has other pieces. So I studied the market for about five days.
1: Okay. you
2: going from shop to shop or business to business. What are you doing? I started with shops. Moved up to offices where it's not available to, to the public, but mm-hmm. they know once they know you're a professional and you understand the material you're looking at, you got their attention.
0: What makes jewelry antique? How old does it have to be before it's considered
1: antique?
2: Well, uh, internationally, especially in Europe, it has to be 100 years old to be considered antique. But here in the States, we say antique to... More than 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So the, the, these items I'm talking about were mostly from Art Deco era, which is the mm-hmm. 1920s, 30s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Art Deco. I mean, that stuff is so amazing.
1: They did all those little things where they looked like little diamonds and black and diamonds and stuff like that together. And they were all really like rings and stuff. I
2: really like that in pendants.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm a huge antique jewelry fan. I think it's beautiful stuff.
2: Especially the Art Deco is very popular uh, around the world for the last 30 years and continuing. Mm. I don't see a slowdown. Art Deco was uh, where they used a lot of platinum Mm. and they used angular formations, which appeals to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm down there looking at different pieces and... I started feeling, again, whoever I'm talking to, their approach is don't tell anyone uh, what you're doing, uh, You know, keep it hush-hush, and if you need anything, we're your friend, uh, give us a call and we'll, uh, we'll uh, help you. Well, I don't know these people. I'm just meeting them. And when someone's so uh, friendly, over-friendly, and I'm not meeting through friends, it's just at, at their uh, business place. So um, they ask, oh, so where are you staying? Maybe we can take you out to dinner. But as we spoke on the earlier program where awareness is important, I would always say another hotel. Mm. Uh, so Smart. they would not be able to track me down. if I, Or at least I will try to delay that right. from happening. So one of the people I met showed me some pieces. He goes, I have a lot better pieces than these uh, at, at another location. So why don't you come tomorrow, bring the cash with you? And yeah. then, uh, yes, yeah, so it's always cash they want. Uh, and at that time, it was okay to do a lot of cash business, uh, you know, ra- around the world, in America, no matter where. So I said, okay. Next day, I show up, and they asked if I have the money with me. And I said, it's again, it's close. Yeah, I mean, it's it's available. That's the word I use, available. So, it's, so they wanted to take me somewhere. We keep walking from one street to the other. We're getting further and further away from the center of the jewelry district. Uh, district. And then they want me to go up the stairs to an old building. I didn't feel comfortable about it. First, they opened with the lock, like the accordion uh, gates. And as I'm going up, I see someone upstairs. And there are two guys behind me. At that point, Jim, I made the decision, I'm not going to go up.
0: See, it sounds to me like you're constantly getting yourself in situations where you're surrounded by bad people.
2: It happens. I mean, not always, but sometimes it happens, especially if they're trying to do something wrong. You know, there's going to be more than one, two, three guys. Uh, I'm not a tiny guy. and the- Well, Francie... Frenzy- One thing that you may not know that I'm aware of about Z
1: is that he has a little bit of martial arts experience.
0: I was going to ask, actually.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I do. Interesting. And so you're now on this narrow stairwell in this old building far away from where you should be. Alone. Alone with two, possibly three guys. Yes. You don't want to go
2: up the stairs anymore. What do you do? I just stopped and I said, I'm not going up. So, the two guys that were behind me, they're going, why not? And almost putting their hand on me. So, at this point, big mistake. Big mistake. And I had to do what? They're downstairs yes. from you. Yes. Which means you have a, a position. Tactical advantage. Yes. Yes. So, what do you do? So, I did what I had to do. Okay. Did you? They were both down, they fell. Let's say so.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's say. Well, oh, you yeah, so. helped them I'm going to remember that, Jim. Next time someone asks me about doing something, I'll say, "Let's say so." Right. I love this. <laughs> this is my new motto. Okay. I love this.
2: So they fell down the stairs. They fell down the stairs, and their heads went boom. And I definitely left and in uh, a hurry, in a very uh, yes, in a hurry, and uh, and just went. Uh, without even thinking what happened to these guys. I knew they were not feeling too good afterwards. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, (laughs) they didn't have good intentions, so not feeling good is probably a result of that. Right. Seems fair. But what helped me, the reason why I said all this, Jim, is I make mental notes where I'm going, how to go back to where I came from. Yeah, smart. And that's what saved me, uh, for me to be able to backtrack my way where I'm not taking a car, I'm not. Uh, there's. It's very difficult for anyone to follow me at that right. point.
0: Yeah, I, unfortunately, that is the opposite of me. I can't find my way out of a paper bag, so if I get in this situation Z, I'm done for. So
1: frenzy. Mm-hmm. My advice: stay out of paper bag. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I, mean, Jim. I <laughs> really think that'll that. help you. <laughs>
0: I'll do my best. All
1: right. So Z, yes. what? So you're running away. You yes. get back to civilization.
2: Yes. And what do you do at that point? At that point, um, I had already purchased quite a few pieces, Jim. And Where are they? Uh, they were in the safe of the hotel. Mm. So I, I took them out and left as soon as possible. Left Argentina. I left Argentina. I made it back to the uh, to the airport where I felt safer, being there, cameras and mm-hmm. soldiers and so on. But what I was gonna say is the day uh, before when I purchased a few pieces. As I'm going back to my hotel, so I have items that I've purchased, jewelry, and some cash on me. Uh, All of a sudden, I see that the taxi driver tells me, get out of the car. Well, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's a big um, street uh, avenue, but I don't want to really get out. It's uh, about seven o'clock at night. But he told me, you get out, get out. I realized why. Once I got out of the car, I look ahead, I see the army coming this way, my, my way, and behind me, demonstrations, uh, demonstrators. Oh my God. Coming gosh. the same way. Right. So, again, I go back to the fact that I made mental notes that helped me get back to my hotel because I'm stuck. There's nothing moving, and there's a clash between the army and, and the demonstrators. Okay. So, and so we have, we and you have, have, have
0: cash have and cash valuable and food, jewelry on you. But
2: uh, not hidden. hidden you know okay but
1: how did you get out of that situation
2: so i took side streets i went into uh, a building um hallways and on and on and on eventually came out on the other side i came out on the other side but luckily jim what had happened the road that we were on going back to the hotel was different than the, the one we had taken to come back to the hotel so they're parallel oh. avenues and my mental notes were... You got you back to the original Exactly. Street. Okay. Exactly.
1: Did anybody... I just want to know, was there ever a time in your career where you ever, like, said Bond, James Bond, or anything <laughs> like that?
2: Yes, I never said it, but I've been called that many times.
0: <laughs> well, wait, so back up. The guys who were, you know, following you up the stairs mm-hmm. and where you were going and you decided... Your, you know, your instincts kicked in and you said, I'm not going up there. What do you think their intentions were?
2: Definitely to rob me. That's for sure. You know, sometimes we you're in a position, it's either you got to do what you need to do or you're probably not going to come back out of it uh, the way you want to. So it was one of those times. That, well,
0: and I mean, was this the sort of thing where, you know, 15 years into the business, did you, had you heard stories or maybe even you had friends yourself who had been injured, robbed, or even killed in those sort of circumstances.
2: Yes, I've heard of people uh, you know, uh, getting hurt in the States. Here's an example. I lectured to many students uh, who are gemologists, and one of them came to me uh, to do business with me, an Indian uh, gentleman. And um, I started doing business with him, but every time he came to see me, uh, we're talking about, Um, late 80s, early 90s, he was always dressed in a three-piece suit and with a briefcase. I mean, I told him, listen, you shouldn't be doing this. I know you want to look professional, but this is like putting a target on your back. And your front and your forehead. (laughs) Exactly. And he said, oh, no, no, Mr. Z, don't worry about it. Uh, So one day he calls me crying. Mm. So what had happened was he was set up. Mm. And after an investigation, he was set up not by the store owner, but the clerk that works or one of the salespeople in the store who had a friend outside and knew this guy, for example, was going to come over at 3 Mm o'clock, described him, three-piece suit with a briefcase, and they robbed him. Yes, there there are many cases like that, Francine, that they have to be careful, uh, and uh, you don't need to look great when you're doing
1: uh, right. I mean and you know, they always say if you want to know a woman's wealth, you look at her neck. If you want to know a man's wealth, you look at his wrist because men will wear valuable watches. Mm -hmm. So what do you do about that when you're traveling? I
2: mean, do you Mm -hmm. always wear a an amazing watch? Never. Never. I'm always wearing a beat up watch or one that I could uh, for to get rid of, get rid of, and it's not going to affect me. Like in Brazil, for example, I was down there, mm-hmm. uh, and I was told to be careful uh, doing that. Why is that? I went to buy or look at diamonds. Okay. I flew into São Paulo. I had my meetings there. Okay. And then I went to Cuiabá, which is uh, in Amazon oh. area.
0: Jim, that's somewhere you and I can probably agree, we're not going.
2: No, Bobby went there recently,
1: not me. Bobby Chico, (laughs) but we're not going. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not (laughs) not that kind
0: of girl. Hey, y'all. Have you fallen in love with Best Fiends, the five-star rated mobile puzzle game the way I have, and I swear the way the rest of America has? You can discover the world of Best Fiends and its cute characters in this fiendishly fun, free-to-download mobile puzzle game. I love the characters and the fun puzzles. The characters are bugs and slugs, and I love collecting all the fruits. I love the gold. I love everything about the way this game looks and how fun and challenging it is. It's a five-star rated game on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Over 90 million downloads globally. I told you, it's one of the most popular games anywhere. And you can play it offline anywhere you want. You can perfect when you want to squeeze in another level on the go or play on the subway on a plane. Don't miss out on the must-play game of the year. You can solve thousands of fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. It's a five-star rated mobile game on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. You can download it for free. It's a free download on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Best Fiends. That's Fiends, which is friends without the R. Best Fiends.
2: So here's an example, Jim. People uh, were contacted, letting them know that uh, here is a diamond buyer that's going to be here. So they come to see me at the third party's office, and they show me diamonds. I look at them, and I asked how much do they want. Uh, The guy said $10,000 per carat. It's a four-carat purple diamond.
0: Oh, beautiful.
2: Potentially to be purple. It's got the skin on it. What does that mean? That means the outside of a rough diamond. We call it skin because it has not been polished. Okay. But you can
0: still tell that it looks like it's going to be purple when it's cut?
2: Possibly, yes. Because sometimes what happens, the skin could be a different color and the actual diamond could be white. So even if it's got a thin, a little bit of purple in it, doesn't mean you're going to get a purple skin. And stone. you
0: can't use your Superman x-ray vision to look inside and see what color it's going <laughs> no. to be?
2: No, but if you've seen enough of them, then you can decide it could be purple or white, most likely what it's going to come out. But rough diamonds are always a gamble. You never are sure of what you're going to get. And what, I mean, because
1: I don't know what exactly a rough diamond looks like. I mean, how rough is it? Is it like a hunk of like what we'd see as a crystal? What does it look like?
2: Imagine a crystal, a small crystal, because they don't come in big sizes usually. But, um, but better if they do. Can you find any of them? But go ahead. (laughs) Yes, but uh, abraded uh, outside, Mm -hmm. which brings me to another story. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. But as far as these guys that brought the purple-looking diamond, they start at ten thousand per carat. Mm -hmm. And what's generally, I mean, what's a diamond going to go for per carat? It could be. It's such a big range, and I'm not going to give you my business yeah. secrets, Jim. Yeah, no, but you I can mean, hire me as a consultant it, oh, does if you want. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> planning on buying any anytime. Wait, soon. Wait,
0: what? But. Surely for like our 200th episode, yeah, I should get a big go. purple diamond. <laughs> okay, that's there what you I
1: go. Uh, purple. <laughs> yes, I'll get you something. Anyway, so but what I'm saying is, ten thousand a yeah. lot for a white diamond, or is it not a lot for a white
2: diamond? No, if it's a pure, uh, I mean, if it's a clean stone, Jim. And it's got the high color, let's say D color, E color. It's worth every penny of it. Okay, but if it's a purple diamond, is it worth more? Much more. Okay, it's rare. Be, yes, right? it's rarer. So, but you have to keep in mind that you're gonna recut, uh, you're gonna cut it, you're gonna lose weight. But the reason why I'm telling you this story is because the second I, I rejected it, I said no, it's too much. The second day, the same people come back and they tell me. That they want twenty five percent of of the value of what they asked the day before, instead of forty thousand for the stone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now they're asking uh, ten thousand dollars,
0: which is incredibly suspicious. Because I mean, go. why would they drop down that much in price? Either way, exactly. you can't trust them.
2: Exactly. So
1: I said no, and the distrust, though. I mean, them dropping the price so much. Sounds to me like it's worth it, even if it's a white diamond, right? At this point? Yes. But could it be that they stole the diamond? Could it be that they had no idea what the actual value was? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't wouldn't you
2: consider those things as options? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. That's why when they dropped the price, my first question to them was show me the Kimberly process paper. Now what Which, is that? Well, You'll have to explain. Okay. The Kimberly Process paper. (laughs) Right. You don't know what that is, Francis? Come on. (laughs) Not yet. So when blood diamonds came about, where you have rebel forces or bad people, you know, taking diamonds and selling around the world, there was a law that passed, international law, saying every diamond has to have a Kimberly paper with it, which is just like a passport, which states where it was found, the number of the stone, it has to be uh, documented, the weight of it, and every little description that you need with it.
1: Is there a picture of it too? Like a no, no picture. picture.
2: No picture That's because this usually is happening in the in the jungle or in, in the
0: in the mine. In so the mines. Well, they right.
2: should add that now that everybody has a camera.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's anyways. a good
2: suggestion. Uh, you don't have to pay me for it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Well, it's like provenance for provenance, art. No, exactly.
2: Yeah. So the second I asked them, they said, well, they don't have it. But it's, trust me, it's a... Oh, well, trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that... Oh, After well, all, okay, not, now I will. Not trust you, <laughs> right? So? So it was red flags again, Jim. And I refused to buy it. And that was the end of that. But the awareness, again, you have to have that awareness to ask those questions and go with your, with your feeling. And not be involved because your questions were right. Could it be stolen? Mm. Yes. And I just didn't feel comfortable. And if it
1: was stolen, wouldn't it be difficult for you to get it out of the country? And also,
2: how are you going to sell it? Because you would you have, have the
0: Kimberly paper process.
2: Yeah, the Kimberly process paper is gone. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it because it has to have the Kimberly papers for me to be able, as you said, to purchase first. Second, to export it. Third, when I'm bringing it to my country, to be uh, able to show that this belongs to... Um, I mean, it's all documented. So it was a no-go there.
0: It seems like there might be a black market for the Kimberly Papers.
2: Hmm. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you got out of there, you didn't buy that one, you didn't get ripped off, yes. or you didn't have a problem. Good. And you said there was another story kind of tangential
2: to that that you were going to tell me in a minute? Yes, this is the story I was going to tell you. So once I'm in... Uh, the mines outside brazil okay you're just hanging out in a mine no <laughs> that sounds like fun i'm evaluating i do think pieces.
0: i'd like mining jim just to be clear <laughs> now if i was able to keep the diamonds i found maybe i would go in but i you know me in a miner's cap covered in dirt and dust digging around i don't see it
1: not good for your nails not
0: good for my nails okay. my hair my skin i reject that outright but anyway. Okay, so, so you're hanging out in the
1: mine in Brazil. A diamond mine?
2: A diamond mine. Okay. It's, it's a local, small mining operation. Mm-hmm. Local people. And they bring a pink diamond. Ooh. <gasps> so I'm looking at it.
0: Maybe I'll mine that, Jim.
2: <laughs> and is it a rough one? It's a rough. And rough. still has a skin on, by the way, Francie. You know. mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. So it looks real pink, this one. but it doesn't look correct to me. Really? So, so that little voice in in you, you always mm-hmm. have to. Maybe they tempted it a little pink hair dye, Francie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, in this parcel, Jim, there were twenty two stones, from five carat to fifteen carat each. Wow, hmm? that is, sounds pretty big. Yeah, the pink didn't look right, and two other stones didn't look right. So three out of twenty two th- doesn't look right, and they. Uh, are very eager to sell me the parcel and the price oh, was, the whole thing together. Yes, and the price is very appealing. Mm-hmm. The reason why I didn't buy it, and it's a good thing I didn't. Those three stones worried me, even though that pink by itself, if I were to buy, I could sell for probably over a million dollars. Wow! But I wouldn't touch it because of the little ind- indication of those other two stones and the pink. What they were were quartz. Oh, quartz. Right.
0: That's definitely not as valuable as diamonds,
2: Right. But it looks the same a lot of times. Mm-hmm. you know, In the rough form. In the rough form. So can't
1: you take out one of those little eyepiece things that they use in the movies and look at it and tell? Yes, I did. Okay. And, and it, didn't they think you were going to bother wait, to do wait, that? Wait, You
0: have a little eyepiece thing? Did you bring it here for show and tell today?
2: No, I did Gym, not. Jim,
0: we've got to see the eyepiece. Clearly, we're going to have to make a trip down to Beverly Hills just for research purposes. Uh,
1: yes. Francie is trying to get inside your office. I would You're not trust her. Anytime. I would make sure <laughs> that that bodyguard is present. It's probably smart. And armed and not smoking cigarettes the I can be very tricky. I think hall. that seems smart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so All right. So you have this parcel, <laughs> and they only will sell you all of it. Yes. Why? Why can't you just say,
2: I want 19 of these? Because the way they want to do it, actually, to- ripped the client off is make it so tempting and insisting on either you buy the whole thing or you don't so i did not buy it right but i heard somebody else did. somebody else did Uh-oh. and and uh yeah got ripped off so, so what was it about the pink one mm-hmm. that made
1: you feel like it was off like how could you tell mm-hmm. and this other person who later got ripped
2: off mm-hmm. couldn't tell
0: the other person didn't bring the little lies by thing
2: no, the other person was tempted to buy because he was just thinking, and he didn't end up buying. Greed. With me, first it looked too pink; mm. it was too good to be. It could be true, but it was too intense. The color. And yeah. if
0: that, that had been a diamond, it would have been worth a lot of oh,
2: money. Because I have, I have rose quartz,
1: mm-hmm. and that's what you're talking <laughs> about, right? It's pink quartz. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean. If I could make a diamond out of that. <laughs> right? I've <laughs> got a I've got five rose pounds. quartz
0: set, earring and necklace.
2: But So that's what it actually was, rose quartz? Yes. Really? So what I'm trying to say, Jim, is you cannot let temptation get the better part of it. Yeah, the, you because know.
1: if somebody feel, <laughs> smells like, you know, this is an amazing deal. Uh, yeah, I want to hurry up and make it go before they realize that, got you know, it. that they're selling me something that's worth so much more. Right. They end up getting ripped off. Well,
0: if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Can you talk a little bit, Z, about though um, the mines? Like, I'm sure that most of our listeners have never been mm-hmm. to a gold mine or a diamond mine in Brazil. First, can you talk about how you get to a diamond mine in Brazil? And what does it really look like? What are the conditions there? How are they mining diamonds?
2: Okay. Um, it's very hard to get to the diamond mine operations. It's too bad, Francis. Sorry. It
0: unfortunate.
2: <laughs> you have to be recognized uh, as a world gem dealer, diamond dealer. And he, always in this industry, you have to have references. People have to refer you and strong people. In my case, I had very good connections in Brazil. And to get to the mines, it's usually very difficult. It depends on the season. Most of the countries that have diamond productions or any gem production, actually, they have seasons, uh, and when it rains, it's muddy. Uh, roads get closed; you get stuck. But once you get to the mine, again, it depends on what kind of operation. If it's a huge operation where they have special uh, tools or excavators and so on, or not. Uh, this particular one that I'm talking about in uh, by Amazon was a small operation, um, and you would see people just digging,
0: like with shovels. I mean, with shovels. If it's handles. an open
2: open pit mine. Uh, for example, it's, it, you just keep digging and try to find the uh, diamonds. Of course, they know what they're doing usually. And that's it. They find one and there's a big celebration. Uh, they come out, they show each other. Uh, and how exactly do you know that there's going to be diamonds in a particular place? It, because they've experienced that before. They've found some from that location. So
1: somebody just drips over a diamond one day
2: and then you start a mine. Yes,
1: that's... Like, that much. doesn't
0: happen to me, Jim. I've never tripped over a diamond, know, as far as I'm aware. But
1: if you—if it looks like quartz in the rough form, I mean, I have quartz all over my property in Virginia.
0: Maybe you have diamonds.
1: Maybe I do. Good Lord.
0: Let's go mine it.
1: Come on, let's go. <laughs> I know there's gold there, that's for sure. It was It's right near Spotswood Furnace, which was the biggest gold-producing area before the California gold rush.
2: Well, you're lucky in that sense if you have it, Jim, because a lot of other countries, they let you go. Buy diamonds there, but they won't let you export it. So what do you do with it? (laughs) I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, uh, There was a student that uh, came to see me after becoming a gemologist. He was excited. He goes, I want to do what you do, uh, Z. I want to go buy diamonds. It sounds so romantic in the jungle (laughs) and so on. I said, be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because whatever country you're going to do, your homework. Make sure you have the buying license, but definitely make sure you have the exporting license. If you don't, you're going to get in trouble. Mm. He goes, okay, okay. Six, seven months later, he calls this me. This sounds like a pending, locked up abroad
0: It sure does. Episode,
2: But go ahead. <laughs> so six or seven months later, Jim, he calls me. He sounds really down. I go, what's wrong? He goes, Mr. Z, I came in, bought half a million dollars worth of diamonds. I said, okay, good. So, And he goes, you told me to get the buying license. I did. I said, fantastic. And he goes, but I did not get the exporting license. Ouch. And he doesn't know what to do. Almost crying. He's a grown man. So what happened was he bought half a million. Now he can't take out. He goes, I don't know what to do. I said, well, unfortunately you're going to take a big loss or the whole loss, uh, the whole money or part of it. So what ended up happening? The people he bought from, he had to go back, sell it to them. At a loss. 40% loss. Uh, he was lucky, Jim, to be able to get his money out of there. Uh, and Why couldn't he just sell it to somebody else there? Uh, you'll have much worse luck. Oh, really? Because who's going to buy it? At least these people, they know they're making an X amount by you know, right. ripping right? up.
1: I mean, I would literally try to sell it. I mean, you assume that the people that sold it to him right didn't sell them at the highest possible level in the country i mean were they they were rough cut they were rough, rough all rough, rough, rough. diamonds yes. okay so yeah. he isn't there a way there wasn't a way for him to get it cut and polished and
2: sold no, on the market because exporting he cannot export. no i mean in the country there's nothing in the country he could do this particular country they did not have uh, cutting operations really? but i'm sure there were a few cutters i would have hired me a cutter that's what I, I would have done. I think
0: I'd have gotten one of those uh, diamond blade saws and set it up myself.
2: <laughs> well, this guy was so scared, <laughs> Francis, oh. that he just wanted to get out no, of there. No, I
0: get that, you yeah. Too
2: um, so bad he didn't listen to all your advice before he that, went, and just right. half of it. That's Unfortunate. Right.
1: That's right. right. That's right. Wow. Well, these many adventures that you just talked about, would you consider them to be best cases or worst cases? I
2: believe a little bit of both. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because these are things, well, tell us why. The reason why it's, it was positive in a sense, because I learned not to buy it, and I learned that my instincts were right, and mm. I stopped myself from being tempted to buy it. Mm. It's very tempting, you know, uh, to buy. Some people, Jim, would say, well, I've already made the investment. I've gone to that country And here it is in front of me, Um, I should get it. But that's the wrong way of thinking. Yeah, they convinced themselves
1: to do something. And the fact that they had to convince themselves means that something in the back of their head, that primitive brain, is saying, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yet they're overcoming it by convincing themselves. So,
2: You know, Jim, I've been in the business over 40 years. Uh, But I'm learning every day. There's a lesson to be learned every day.
1: Yeah, Francie. Hopefully, one day we'll (laughs) learn her first lesson Uh, because she's
0: everyone else's first lesson is that Jim's first lesson is to always insult
1: me. Far behind, Clearly. clearly. Oh, it's such a sad thing. Now, I'm definitely
0: going to make him buy me a pink diamond for our 200th episode. (laughs) You'll get your pink
1: diamond. (laughs) Yeah, that pink diamond is coming. It'll be like 600 carats, too. It'll be some
0: rock Jim finds on his property in Virginia. It'll
1: be beautiful, though.
0: What'll be great is when I take that to Yuzi and you tell me that it's a diamond. Right.
1: (laughs) That would be a little
0: Oh, that would be really good revenge.
1: Uh Anyway. Z, as always, it's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for telling the stories to us and to our listeners on Best Case, Worst Case. We love hearing your stories, so I hope you'll agree to come back again sometime and tell us some more adventures and misadventures of being a gemologist. Thank you. Till next time, thank you for listening to Best Case, Worst Case. Best Case, Worst Case is an XG production. Produced by Jim Clementi at Empire Studios LA. Engineered and edited by Mike Thal. Music composed and performed by Simba Sumba. And hosted
2: by Wonder.
0: You can listen to Best Case, Worst Case on your favorite listening app. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: If you want to do something about child sexual abuse, Darkness to Light can help. Did you know that more than 90% of the time children are sexually abused by someone they know?
0: Jim, this isn't about stranger danger. It's about learning the true risks. Darkness to Light's training can help prevent, recognize, and react to child sexual abuse in your community.
1: When you make the decision to get involved, kids can be protected. It starts with you.
0: Visit www.d2l.org to take the training and learn more.
1: That's d2l.org.
0: Let's jump into Peppa's
1: world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa
0: Pig, inspiring kid confidence.